This is the Adopted Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of season three. That's so exciting. And before we talk about this episode, I just want to thank everyone who has been a guest on the show and who has listened to the show and rated and reviewed this season. And we got to launch an email list and that was super fun. And we're going to keep that going. And um, there's going to be more about that in the episode, actual episode part. But I just want to thank you guys. This has been a really fun ride. I can't believe that I've gotten to do this for over a year now, three seasons in, and we're launching season four in February. I just, I can't believe that this is real life, that I get to do this and that I get to showcase some awesome adoptive moms and other adoption characters with you guys. And the feedback I've gotten is just so encouraging. I'm such a words of affirmation person. And so I just thrive on hearing that my episodes from my little podcast are impacting your life. It means so, so much to me. So thank you again. Just thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing all of it. Thanks for making this possible for three whole seasons. That's, uh, what is that, 45 episodes? Good grief, you guys. And we have a bonus episode coming too, just to get you through that break. Um, I know that that's, it's a good break for me, but it's hard because I miss putting out new episodes and I miss uh, communicating with you guys and we're going to try to keep that going. Um, This last episode is a really special one. I'm excited to share it with you guys. It's with a whole bunch of people. It's actually four mamas, uh, Meg Meredith, Patty Baxter, Maddie Hudson, and Kayla Crow, and they're all connected by a sibling group that they collectively adopted. So that's really neat. They've uh, made it a priority for their families to stick together, and they've kind of formed like a new family uh, community, and they're going to talk about that and why why it's important and how they make it work. Um, obviously, that's a lot of people, so we were not able to record here in my home studio, but we did record in Red Barn Studio. Now, I've talked about them before because we recorded another panel interview there, but Jason with Red Barn is so so awesome. And we took some pictures there. So definitely go back to the show notes at the adoptive mom podcast.com to check those out. If you are in the area, especially but anywhere and you have recording needs of any kind, music, podcast, whatever, you're definitely going to want to hit Jason up with Red Barn Studio. He does consultation, even if you're not in the area and you can't make it here, but he travels and he has people come from all over to record with him. Super personal super personable as well. And I um, I don't know, I just can't recommend them enough. They've been so great to work with um, my podcast and uh, we wouldn't have been able to record several of these episodes without having that space. So thank you so much, Jason. Um, before we jump in, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe. That is so important for helping this podcast get into more ears. So if you enjoy the podcast, just take a second and rate and review. You can do it while you listen. It'll be entirely painless. I promise. Um, I think that's it. So with all that said, I'm a little sad to quit this recording because that means that it's done until February. But with all that said, let's jump into my interview with all those women. So we are used to talking about non-biological family members here on the podcast, but 
This episode is going to be a little bit different. We have a really interesting non-biological family in that it's super extended. So with me, I have four women who collectively have adopted five children, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So um, I want you to take a second and inter- introduce yourselves, and then we're going to get into how all this works. So I'm going to start here with Meg. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into adoption. So my name's Meg Meredith, and I'm married to Kyle, and we have two kids, and one's biological and one is adopted, and um, they're both nine, and um, we got into foster care because our biological son was born with a cleft lip and palate, and um, so from the very beginning, God just kind of changed our plan for family. And so then he just kind of um, impressed upon us um, to get into foster care and adoption. That's awesome. So you you have accidental twins too. Yes. Yeah. They're super fun, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Kayla, yes. keeping uh, going around. Yes. I'm Kayla Crow, and I'm married to Kevin. Um, I work as a nurse practitioner, and I have three kiddos, um, two that are adopted and one that's biological. And um, we got into adoption Um, Just early on in our marriage, we knew adoption was just part of our hearts and something we wanted to do for the kingdom. And so we jumped right in adopting my middle daughter privately at birth and then came a part of this story via foster care. And then we have our little girl who's two. She's biologic. So we just did things a little backwards. We um, so we have a two year old, a seven year old and an 18 year old. Yeah, that's like just really spread out. Yeah, yeah, it confuses. You will never be an empty nester, (laughs) right? No, no. Okay, and then Maddie. I'm Maddie Hudson, and my husband is Jacob. We have four kids. Um, We have one who's adopted, three who are biological. Uh, They are ages seven months, three, five, and twelve. And um, I am executive director of a nonprofit locally, and my husband um, works uh, selling printers uh, locally. So we got into adoption actually back when Anne Mythaller was founding The Call. We were best friends with her back at, in those days. And just watching her start, um, we'd always knew we wanted to adopt, but we didn't know what that looked like. And then as we started watching um, the foster families around us um, and The Call starting up, uh, we knew that, that that's what we wanted to do. So we became foster parents um, and, and part of this beautiful story. That's so cool. And so, I mean, you your nonprofit works a lot with kids from hard places too, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're just living this 24-7. Yeah, yeah. I run the Teen Action and Support Center. And so we work with teens in Northwest Arkansas, um, whether that be uh, some that are aging out of foster care. Um, we help them uh, find housing and stuff. So, yeah. That's really cool. And then your husband sells printers. There's an offer in, office reference somewhere in there. <laughs> yes. yes Are they Saber Flint. printers? Yeah. No, no, no. They're Xerox printers. Okay. Total Document Solutions. Shout out. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're probably they're probably safer than Saber printers, right? No. I think so. Yeah. We have one, so okay. yeah. Yes. And she's not dead. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, that that person speaking was Patty, our yes. last mama here. Tell us about yourself. Um, my, I'm Patty and my husband is Dwight. Uh, we have a golf store in Rogers and Maddie's husband is our printer person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> printers are great. And, <laughs> and we have, uh, two kids that we adopted. They're twins. They're actual biological twins. And, uh, we, we, uh, have wanted to adopt for a while and we were not able to have biological children. And so, that gave us all the more <laughs> motivation to adopt. Um, when we got into foster care, 
uh, we just came to realize too, like what profound need there was for foster parents also. So we started off just fostering. We fostered several kids before we, um, you know, joined this family and, and adopted our kids. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really, um, it's just really cool how this has all worked out. And from my understanding, you all had pretty separate stories from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And then you all came together. So tell us about, about that. Did you know each other beforehand or, um, I don't know, how did this family come to be? Um, well, Patty and I met through the case. Um, we both had, I had James, the oldest, and Phoenix. They were our very first placements as foster um, placements. And then Patty had... I had three of the kids three of the at kids. that time. The youngest, the twins, and then the oldest girl. And uh, so Meg and I had almost... Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, pretty well, much had a family. We had siblings yeah. that then got adopted by these yes. families. And so um, we met through that. Um, I knew Kayla through church... Mm-hmm. And through her husband. Um, from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from college. Mm-hmm. And and then you guys knew each other. Yeah, so I um, met the two siblings that Meg had in her family. And just, you know, we walked alongside them and prayer and hard stuff. And as um, things came to look like the kiddos weren't going to go home, and we mm-hmm. realized there was a, a need and a, uh, mm-hmm. that they needed a place, mm-hmm. we kind of prayed through it and said, maybe that's us. And... Um, so we stepped alongside Meg and through, so Maddie and I's husbands worked together. And so that's how she kind of stepped in hearing the story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they worked together at Boys and Girls Club for a long time. And actually Kyle worked there mm-hmm. at the same time too. So all three of our husbands worked together at that time. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, we, by talking to them and we'd heard some about the story and, and we, we were already, um, you know, planning on fostering and starting that process. And then um, when this situation came up and we heard there was a sibling uh, who didn't have a place, all the rest had permanency except for one mm-hmm. um, at the time. And so that's when we stepped in. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so you guys got pretty close pretty quick, right? So your kids were all mm-hmm. still very connected. Yes. Um, and you guys are pretty close now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're right. Yeah. Well, I feel like we started getting close yeah. really early on ever yeah. before actually. So Maddie and, or Meg and Patty had placements, but before mm-hmm. Maddie and I ever had a child in our home from the family, we were kind of like on our knees mm-hmm. in prayer through the entire mm-hmm. end of the case mm-hmm. together. And that's when we really bonded. I feel mm-hmm. like just yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Crows and the Merediths were were good friends before that, just because we were in the same circle of friends. But then um, there was that one night. I mean, you told that story kind of casually, but it was really like a mm-hmm. a momentous occasion because we, um, I think you guys were over for dinner or something. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, in the middle of dinner, we're like, okay, we got to tell you guys something. Like, it's looking like mom's not going to get the kids back. And... Um, And we just feel like God is telling us that we're supposed to say no to the oldest Mm -hmm. um, just because of our situation in life. And uh, we felt like it was really important to do what was best for him. And we didn't feel like that was best for him to adopt him Mm -hmm. simply because he was already in our home. That wasn't what was best. And so we just said, you know, like, I think we're going to adopt Phoenix, but we're not. We're not going to adopt James, and it's really breaking our hearts. It's really hard, but we feel like he needs to see us do the right thing. And... um, and we don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but we just we just know that we're supposed to say no. And they went home that night, 
and I don't know, maybe a week later or it something, was a couple Day, days, I yeah. And I said, Meg told me this today, Kevin, and I think they're saying no, so we can say yes, you know, like I think, and he was right on board. And so yeah. a week later, yeah, I called Meg, we went to lunch. And yeah. Like, and that's so... really, I feel like when the bond started, because yeah. uh-huh. I mean, then they were kind of coming alongside our family, yeah. even before James knew that they were going to adopt them, even before we knew it was official, yeah. but it was just sort of... Um, they were then a part of that story, mm-hmm. and um, it was just really amazing to see God just put that together. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I have chills. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love that you said their no meant your yes, because that's what yes. I was thinking. I was like, I yeah. want to touch on that because mm-hmm. I feel like as foster and adoptive parents, we we have that pressure and we feel like mm-hmm. because that's what society or our culture or you know people who don't know, they just look and they're like, oh, how could you ever say no to a, you right. know, a child in need? And as foster parents, we know that that's not always what God has mm-hmm. for us or for these kids. And so I think it's really cool that you guys, Meg, um, just listened to God in that and then that allowed yeah. him to open the door for the crows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's just really cool. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we had something similar to that. Well, yeah. except we didn't know yeah. Maddie. <laughs> yeah. But we had three of the kids, and one of them was Maddie's daughter. And through a variety of circumstances, knew that we were not going to adopt her. And I just remember when it was coming, you know, close to the time where we were going to need to tell her, you're, you're not going to be able to go back home. Also, we're not adopting you. I mean, just like yeah. just such heartbreaking yeah. news to, to need to reveal. I just remember being on my knees like first thing in the morning, last thing at night, just constantly like mm. asking the Lord for a family. And then it was answered through not not just like somebody random, but like somebody yeah. who's turned yeah. out to be, you know, this really close friend. And it really creates this bond between us that we've parented mm-hmm. the same child. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It an, it, you know, yeah. it was an answer to prayer. And but it also like the bond was being formed before we even, you know, yeah. knew each right. other. Yeah, because and you ha- you actually had Mariah twice throughout the, yeah, mm-hmm. did. Yes. the case. Um, we had her she, first thing and yeah. then we had her Then she was she had quite a world, few placements. Yeah. And then and then we had her last before, yeah, before the and, Hudson's And then yeah. she was yeah. able to transition to our home from their home, which mm-hmm. was really neat to be mm-hmm. able to, and, and just, it was a really, really good transition. Mm-hmm. I know. I bet. I, I bet. That sounds really healthy. Like that kind of transition to be able to, to stay in her life. And I love what you said that you parented the same child. Mm-hmm. Not many people can say that. I just think that's really, really neat. So, um, as far as parenting goes, have you guys been able to lean on each other? Um, oh, to figure out how to you know how to parent these things especially you know you kayla and you patty to be able to call and say like hey when they were in your house you know or whatever how how has that relationship been well we meg and i actually just had that conversation (laughs) on the way down here we weren't even really preparing for the for this but she was talking about a problem she was having with phoenix and i said hey well whenever you whenever you did this with james like how did that go or why did that work so yeah um yeah. Yeah. We kind of joke about like co-mothering. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that we're yeah. that we're all in the trenches together and even though, you know, they live in separate houses, we're all just kind of um, you know, praying for each other's kids <laughs> and then giving advice on how to handle things or just um yeah, just ideas that pop up from things that happened in your own home or whatever and so we're all just kind of in this together. We always have a group text going. Oh, yeah. The latest <laughs> development. And about every, we try to every month, every two months, we kind of have a session where we call in like 
girls, we gotta we gotta get together. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which are some of our favorite times? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. And so, um, without going into too much detail about their their stories, how helpful was it for you guys to be able to share that knowledge with each other? Um, mm-hmm. And I, because I, we know as adoptive moms that trauma prevent, presents itself differently for each kid, mm-hmm. but kids who have shared yeah. similar traumas, I can yeah. imagine that that was really helpful to be able mm-hmm. to say like, this is what we're experiencing. And mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily a broken trust because you guys mm-hmm. were all going through the same things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's been really interesting too. The, one of the most interesting things for me has been that each child has dealt with it differently. I mean, each right. child presents Very that much. trauma completely differently. And so it's not like we're dealing with the same issues or anything like that, but, but we're able to, support one another because we can look into the other child's eyes, see see those siblings, see those biological connections Mm -hmm. and then, and see where some of it came from and Mm kind of track it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. I'd say. And so, um, yeah, I mean, leaning on one another has been, I don't even, I I don't know that I could have done (laughs) it. I mean, I don't, there's no other words for it. I don't know that I could have done it without that for sure. I know during the case, um, it was helpful because especially like when you guys came into the story, Kayla and Maddie, that there were holes that we had to like fill in, you know, mm-hmm. and we were all kind of filling in those holes together of like you had this information and you had this information and and nobody really quite had the full story of what they'd been through or what we were what we were dealing with here. And so and we're still doing that, I feel like, <laughs> you know, um, you're like, oh, I haven't heard that story mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way it's great to have this like support system of like nobody's judging anything that's being brought up. Nobody's, you know, there's no judgment and, Mm -hmm. um, and it's all just like, we're just helping each other fill in those gaps and do the best that we can. And then nobody else gets it. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, like adoptive parents get it, but especially like siblings, nobody else is going to understand the stories that I have to tell. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is going to understand the the weirdness that's happening in my home, Mm -hmm. except for you guys. And so it's just, it's like a a miracle to have these like built in (laughs) best friends that you can be like, okay, I I can't tell anybody else in the world this. (laughs) I'm going to tell y'all because this just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, that sounds awesome. So <laughs> there are a lot of different dynamics here going on, and I want to talk about some different ones. So first of all, how valuable has you guys' family relationships been to your adopted kids? Mm-hmm. So like how how has that helped their healing? How has that helped just mm-hmm. to stay in contact with each other and not feel just that other that next layer mm-hmm. of brokenness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all looking at each other. Yeah, right? yeah. like who wants to answer? <laughs> I was just thinking about um, whenever we were talking about kind of co-mothering, even that yeah. we, we kind of see each other as aunts to mm, each other's, yeah. you know, and so um, just having that cl- close relationship has mm-hmm. been wonderful. And even from the very beginning when James knew that we were adopting him, you know, and kind of still walking alongside life beside the Meredith, that's where the first connection came in. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this one sibling's close by. Mm-hmm. And then as the story continued to develop, to see the security that that brought the kiddos in just knowing that their siblings were close mm-hmm. and that we, and we, I feel like we made it pretty clear to them. Like this was just going to be our new normal. We were committed to keeping them together. However that looked like with our big mm-hmm. family, crazy family, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but we just made it a priority from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yeah, just it's it's wild when we all get together, and mm-hmm. they all definitely have had to redefine what their relationships look like amongst each other yeah. because mm-hmm. they're not in the mm-hmm. same home, and yeah. they're they're all processing trauma um, differently, and their stories you know work themselves out differently within each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it just continues to grow and look mm-hmm. different, but it's it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. For them. And it's a way to honor who they are. Their mm-hmm. lives didn't start when we adopted them or when they came into care or something. It's a way to to honor their their biological family and the, their their ties. Mm-hmm. They they know of of some of the negative things, you know, when the trauma. But this is a way to also just um, sh- show them the the goodness also that exists, mm-hmm. you know, in those relationships. Well, yeah. and they have they have joint stories they tell mm-hmm. when they get together, yeah. even if if ones they just heard the other sibling tell because they were toddlers or babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still have these, especially the older ones. Maybe not the babies so much, but the older ones have these joint stories mm-hmm. and movies they watch together and yeah. situations because there were great things that happened yeah. in their life too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, I, I feel like almost they're able to keep that piece of them because of mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. sibling relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other thing is just leaning on each other with that. I know we've had, a lot of us have had things like hospital stays and mm-hmm. um, kids who've been in different, um, you know, institutions and all of this. And we've leaned on each other so mm-hmm. much. I know for like me speaking that we probably wouldn't have been able to stay in this um, mm-hmm. had it not been leaning yeah. on these families and doing it as a village yeah. because it, w- it would have been too hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm like processing all of that because it sounds, um, you know, we, we, we think about these things and the way you guys are describing it, it sounds really, you know, fun and happy and joyful. But then Maddie, I'm glad you touched on some of those darker parts and that we, we Mm. do need each other. And I think it's really, really unique that, um, you know, as adoptive parents, we try to have our people that we can lean on. Um, but you guys have each other and it's all, it's like another level Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. understand it deeply and intimately and, um, fully. And it's not just hearsay. It's not just like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to try to help you understand this. You guys just, do you guys just do yeah. understand it? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'll say, oh, go ahead. no, go ahead. I was just going to say, even in touching on the hard stuff, there's been some really ugly, really mm-hmm. hard stuff that we've had to deal with. But I'll just comment from having the oldest sibling, James, who's 18 now. He's an adult. And mm-hmm. um, just the benefit that our relationship amongst the family has been able to have in processing through his story as mm-hmm. the oldest and, and as the oldest um, me trying to be able to transfer this story to him to own. I mean, it is his, but yeah. for him to own and use for good, even as, say, Maddie has walked through some really hard stuff with with her daughter, I'm able to really be honest with James about that and mm-hmm. process through that with him. So, we're you know, at least he knows what healing processes are going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's even able to look at hurt that's been done and how mm-hmm. th- his siblings are doing with working that out. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just even that knowledge and this relationship amongst us helps him, I think, mm-hmm. process. It allows me to better help him process, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys are modeling that for them. So are they able to be there for each other through this hard stuff too? Or is it pretty much all through you guys? 
I, I definitely say that they're able to be there, you know, for each other. I know that we've had some hard times where James was the only person Mariah wanted to call, mm-hmm. you know, and, wow. and where Phoenix was having a day and they were in the car together <laughs> and Mariah was like, let me give you some advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, so, um, and, and as they've gone through these phases yeah. and stages, uh-huh. you know, because we have seen, I mean, every time they get to a new developmental phase, they are processing that trauma mm-hmm. differently through that phase. Mm-hmm. And so they can help each other through that. Um, and I mean, they're around each other all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, mm-hmm. all of our kids are. Um, and so they're able to grow up together. Um, and especially because they do, they have those similar stories, so they can kind of bounce it off of each other. Mm-hmm. And, and and also remember that it was real. Yeah, You know, yeah. if you're the only one with that story, you mm-hmm. start to doubt yourself. Right. Like, right. And so they can kind of bounce it off of, and like you said, process through it with the other, you know, kids mm-hmm. around. And, and I think mm-hmm. it is. I think it's been really healthy for them mm-hmm. to just, mm-hmm. you know, help each other too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's yeah. been really like um, picture redemption because, not because we redeemed these kids, but because, I mean, James has been on all sides of it, you know, and the other day he was driving me home, which is weird. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he was 11 when he started living at my house, and now he can drive me places, and he's 18. Um, but he just asked me, he's driving the car, and he's like, who am I to you? Like, when people ask, who do you tell them who I am? And I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're having a conversation. <laughs> all right. Like, I think it just got deep. And yeah. I just, yeah, like, out of the clear blue, we're listening to, like, Justin Timberlake, and here we go. Yeah, and Meg's love. <laughs> And so I was just like, you know, I just tell people that you're family. And he's like, cool, cool. Me too. (laughs) too, But it was just really sweet because we didn't always have this great relationship when he was living at my house because things were so tense during foster care. And I was kind of the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I mean, he never actually said that to me. You were the middle. Yeah, I was just Mm -hmm. kind of the middle mom and he obviously didn't want to be there and that was okay. Um, But now I get to be like the fun aunt Mm -hmm. and, and I can tell that he loves me, but, but things have been redeemed since mm-hmm. he lived at my house the yeah. first time, you know, and it's just really cool just to watch the kids' relationships with all the aunts mm-hmm. and the moms and, you know, that this is just like this big weird story, but it's just the most amazing thing that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we've seen the same thing too with yeah. Mariah and Patty yeah. because there was a long time where, you know, Patty was like her mom before, you know, and yeah. I was, I was the intruder. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it like became this transition and we had to work right. really hard on what's appropriate. And, you know, how mm. do we, how do we just navigate this the uh-huh. whole situation? But now we've come to like a really healthy place yeah. where, yeah. yes, I'm her mom, but right. you know, Miss Patty, you know, knows probably more about her than most any other person on earth besides me. And so definitely like the closest aunt relationship ever, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I noticed that even just in the last few days, I could see that she's getting to a healthier place where she can talk about that. And she even said, you remember when I was five and I did this? (laughs) We have little (laughs) throwback memories. Remember when I asked you for high heels instead of a toothbrush? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think it's funny that we're not ants who spoil though. We're We're ants who like, use um rad you know parenting techniques yes. like i know things and you may not lie to me right. yes. like, yeah we're never the aunt that enables a behavior no right. no, no. 
we're you always know, backing up what mom right. said. Yeah. Like, oh, girl. whatever your mom said. Yeah. That's like ministering to my heart. Yeah. Like, as a mom with a rad kid, I'm like, yeah. oh, can I be in your group? We're like, hands off. Don't yeah. touch that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't be snowed over. Again. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, that sounds amazing. So <laughs> let's move into some other dynamics. So I want to talk about, first of all, your husbands. Are yeah. they as close as you guys are? <laughs> I mean, they're they're, they're close. They're men. So. <laughs> right. I guess well, maybe I should preface this. Like, did they consider themselves like what sister they're wives friends. or whatever? Yeah. I don't think yeah. they call themselves brother husband. No. Yeah. <laughs> one but time. One that time. was a joke about the sister wives. Jacob. I do say that all the time, and my husband's like, I don't think you should say it that way, sister wives. And I'm like, no, it's funny. It sounds. It's fine. It's the best, you know, description of it. No, I think. I think. They're definitely they're definitely close, yeah. but also yeah. I'd say um, I already studied once that that women when are, they're stressed they group together. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean they they, yeah. they, they have this relational things, and then men when they're stressed, I mean they do things together, but it's like hey, let's go golfing. Let's yeah. right. I'm yeah. not sure that they have the like deep level right. discussions yeah. that we do. So they're probably just as close as that looks like for me. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. They don't ever get together and have drinks on the deck. They just no. they keep the kids so that we can yeah. do that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Under Understood. Okay, I got it. Um, okay, what about your those of you that have bio siblings? What do they think of this? Mm. Just like crazy. I don't. What do you want? Whatever you want to call it, man. This is like they're normal. I'm sure, yeah. but yeah. I mean, most siblings don't have this. So right. mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's good and bad both, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't even say good and bad, but good and hard. Yeah. Um, you know that everyone's had to deal with. Um, my biological child is really young. She's two and a half right now, and so she she sees her older siblings as. She doesn't know any different right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But um, as we've walk, walked alongside it with my other daughter who's adopted, it's really cool just to see that we all have different stories and um, have come from different places and walked through that. But, Meg, you have twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twinish. Um, Biological. Yeah, I mean, Jax kind of has his own hard story with the cleft lip and palate. So he, he kind of understands, like, he's not from a hard place, but his life has been hard. Yeah. And um, so he... Like that doesn't ever, it's never really affected him in a negative way or it's never really scared him. Um, some of the things that Phoenix deals with, those are hard for him. He kind of wants her to be different. Um, she's not quite his equal, even though they're nine, you know. Um, but they're really, you know, they're they're good pals. And James lived with us for so long that, you know, he just sees James as like a cousin, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. older brothers still, you know. And so they're, they're still really close and... Um, and really everybody the other night at Christmas, it was just like a bunch of cousins in the room and it was <laughs> chaos and it was fun. And it was just sort of, it was fun because they're all just going to grow up together and they really do seem like they're family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, with ours, Amos was nine months old whenever, um, we started fostering when we brought Mariah in. And so that's just all he's ever known. Yeah. I mean, he just considers all of their biological siblings and adoptive siblings mm-hmm. as part of his family. Mm-hmm. So there hasn't really, I mean, but we, of course there's, like she said, there's the hard things. I mean, and I don't want to, you know, uh, sugarcoat any of that, that, you know, my, my biological, um, you know, sons, they've grown up with, with someone else's trauma in their home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's just no easy way around that. While I think that, you know, well, I think that they'll be better for it and all of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely, um, that fallout in that they don't really know what normal looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so they have had some behaviors that have reflected that, you know, so, 
Um, so there's that side too, especially whenever they're younger and you bring in an older child. Um, we've seen, we've seen some of that. Um, cause Mariah was five when she moved or no seven when she moved with us, five when she moved in with mm-hmm. you. And, um, but as far as the other, you know, all the, all the, you know, kids together, they just, they consider themselves family. They don't mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. see anything mm-hmm. different. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. So I, I, I asked that question cause I didn't know if it was like, you know, the bio siblings were kind of on the side and then like the oh, communal no. sibling no group was no together. If it was just like a no. bunch of it's kids going crazy. Yeah. 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 I think maybe early on it maybe yeah. felt that way. It was kind mm-hmm. of like we were just getting the brown kids together, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the other kids were there kind of on the peripherals, but, but it's not that way anymore. You know, they're mm-hmm. all just, they're all in one big pot now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, th- I think they divide more naturally now, like by ages yeah. and, and, and things and like that, or, boys yeah. and girls. It's much more natural, mm-hmm. like what you'd see with a group of cousins. Yeah. And our focus early on was getting yeah. the adoptive siblings yeah, yeah. together. That was so much our focus. And yeah. then the more our family just became closer, mm-hmm. it was like, no, we're just getting the families together, not yeah. necessarily the these siblings. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because then the other kids would get mad. I mean, if Amos missed out on my biological right. son, if he missed out on hanging out with Xavier in Geneva and Mariah got to go, he would be very upset. Mm-hmm. Like, that would not be. <laughs> something you'd be okay with so sometimes i wonder if when they're like 16 and they actually find out that we're not actually related they might be like disappointed or shocked (laughs) i really do think that they just think they're related you guys really are yeah Yeah. we have conversations about it every day (laughs) well and we all say that too that i was telling right the other day that if you know about dating a boy well he's Mm -hmm. gonna have a hard hard thing because she's like am i gonna have to get approval from all the dads (laughs) yep yep (laughs) and the moms (laughs) start working on it now that feels like throwing someone to the wolves (laughs) to bring the like anyone home be like here is my family you have to pass You guys, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. It was so much fun to record and these girls are awesome. Um, I wanted to cut in here and just remind you guys that today, as of this recording, the day that it comes out is the last day that you can get a free sensory gift guide from my occupational therapist friend when you sign up for my email list. That's at theadoptivemompodcast.com slash email. Super easy. You can do it right now on your phone. Super easy. And you get a free sensory gift guide when you do it. In addition to all that, Today's the last day to be entered to win one of the gifts from the guide. It's awesome. And even though it's after Christmas, our kids always need good sensory toys, good sensory tools, and they're going to help our kids be able to um, just live their best life. So definitely go sign up for that now. And you're going to get a note from me every week and the episode right in your inbox. Easy peasy. Okay, I think that's it. Let's jump back into the episode. Um, but I, that provides a good segue for my next thing that I wanted to go into. I know that you guys get together and you have like mm. your own holidays and stuff. So I want to know what does that look like, but also how did it start? Like mm. what, what was the first to get together like, and what do you like, is it just normal now or what is, what does yeah. that look yeah, like? Yeah, I'd say the very first was once we kind of put together this story, it was even pre-adoption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Thanksgiving. Once all the, girls yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we just piled us all together mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. That's Do you guys like rent an event center? <laughs> no, we did. The we did that. Yeah. Was now um, Sunday. We just had our Christmas gathering at my house, which 
was wild and crazy. It was um, amazing. And we tried to be outside whenever we can. Yes. Together, <laughs> yes. But it was cold, so that didn't happen. But yeah. we, um, anytime the kiddos have birthday parties, mm-hmm. we try to prioritize that. Mm-hmm. And whoever can come really tries to make it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just this year, I was saying, I, I was telling Jacob, I was like, you know, at some point, we might need to start inviting Amos's like classmates or friends to his party. Yeah. But all he does is have birthday parties with, yeah. like, built with in. the family, so we don't. We've never had to. Yeah, but we always yeah. have Christmas and yeah. normally birthdays. Right. Mm-hmm. Christmas and birthdays are the most. Sure. And I don't even remember it being like an agreement we made. It was just sort of no. like that one Thanksgiving we started, and mm-hmm. it was just sort of like we just kind of knew that this was something we wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. If we were all going to do this together and adopt these siblings, then of course we would want to just start our own kind of traditions and keep them going so the kids could mm-hmm. see each other as much as possible. Yeah. And we just see each other so often. Yeah. And I mean, one of us will babysit, like we'll watch the other's kids yeah. if they have a date or just, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we, I see at least one of you once yeah. a week. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Yeah. We're, it just kind of flows. And now James can babysit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Or he'll cut hair. Or, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, kind of like, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what do you do? You guys see them taking ownership over these relationships in the future and continuing it on, or um, mm-hmm. how how do you guys see this going? Because I mean, you, you even said James is a is an adult now. So, yeah. how do you see this happening? Do you want to answer that first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a good question. Um, how do I see him own? Yeah. You know, it's been really, really cool to see James just come in and start owning this really big, crazy mm-hmm. story, which is um, just praiseworthy. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's miraculous, yeah. and um, I just love it, and trying to see him use it for good in his own words. And so mm-hmm. I foresee our big—I mean, he loves our big family. Like mm-hmm. you said, your Aunt May and— I mean, he just loves checking up on the twins mm-hmm. and Mariah mm-hmm. and everything. So I foresee him just continuing to check back in mm-hmm. on them all the time and, mm-hmm. and make an active part to see them. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do, too. I, th- I think about, you know, f- the future sometimes and think, like, if one of them couldn't go home for Christmas, like, they would definitely come to our house. I mean, it yeah. would be, yeah. we'd, we'd be, Aww. we're family, too, you know, yeah. Like yeah. If, if they were for yeah. whatever reason. And, and I love... The ways that we can cultivate that, like James cuts hair and he cuts my son's hair and sometimes they babysit. And I get teary when he comes to babysit because I think like this is this is one of the things they would do if they were together still. And so I love that we can find different Mm -hmm. ways, you know, for the individual relationships to the ways that we can nurture those. Mm -hmm. And I I definitely think that they will continue to grow as they're, Mm -hmm. you know, as they're adults. And yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, as you have the youngest of mm-hmm. the the bigger sibling group, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, you've almost you guys have almost given them an opportunity to be the big siblings because you guys have some younger ones, right? Right. Like, I know yeah. you do too, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's really really cool. So, yeah. um, I want to ask you guys some of these um, just questions about uh, I don't know your individual stories, but also just how it relates with each other. So, I'll start with you, Meg. What do you wish someone had told you at the beginning of this journey? <laughs> Let me get out the list. <laughs> um, I think <clears throat> I think the hardest piece for me um, that's just an ongoing thing, and I think any adoptive parent would agree, is just the trauma piece. Mm-hmm. That I don't think any training or book can fully prepare you for what that looks like in your own home <clears throat> and what that brings up in your own self mm-hmm. and, and what you're going to have to deal with um, your own baggage. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes 
parenting, you can think you have it all figured out and you have a formula and you have a structure and all this stuff. And then you have a kid like this come into your home and everything is out the window. Yeah. And you have absolutely no idea what to do and you're at your wits end. And, um, and so I just, I don't know how someone would have told me that, but I wish that I would have been better prepared for what that was going to look like because unearthing my stuff has taken way too long is kind of Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I wish that I was better prepared so that I was a better therapeutic parent from the beginning. I would have done everything differently with James. I would have done everything differently with all the other foster kids I had, but I just, I wasn't done processing my own cause I didn't know I had it yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. me. Oh girl, that's some good stuff <laughs> though. Absolutely. Like that's, yeah. that's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about yeah. you, Kayla? Oh gosh. Um, that for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone just piggybacks. Did on yeah, did 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 I don't really know what else to add to that mm. other than, um, yeah, gosh, we've, I won't, I'm not going to say our adoption journey has been easy, but we have not dealt with some of the more like severe, you know, traumatic, you know, things. And so a lot of what I got coming into adoption was a lot of negative things that people said to me and Mm. which is all true. All of, you know, all of your worst fears can happen and things like that. But I also want to just see more hope around it Mm. as well. Like you're going to step into it and it's going to be ugly and it's not going to be perfect. But if God's calling you to it, like every day, you just got to step out and, especially alongside community. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so glad we fell into it. And, um, I think if you're stepping into the adoption world, like having solid community alongside you is key. But yeah. Mm-hmm. About you, Maddie. Yeah. Um, well, yes, ditto, ditto, <laughs> definitely all those. I think we'll all say that. But, um, I think one of the key turning points for me was when I, and, and maybe not everybody agrees with this, but for me, I wish somebody would have told me that adoption was so much more like marriage than it is parenting. Mm, yeah. Like I felt like a failure as a parent over and over and over and over again because I wasn't feeling the right feelings and yeah. I wasn't it, it wasn't working the way that I thought it should or or that maybe I'm not bonding or maybe I'm not, you know, whatever. And and with parenting, you're supposed to you're supposed to have this unconditional love yeah. as a parent. Well, that's not necessarily, you know, the case with marriage. You, know, mm. you there are times when you don't like that person, but you choose them over and over mm-hmm. again every day. Yeah, that's and good. that's especially with older child adoption. That's what I would say. That's been more the experience for me, where I can look at this child and be like, I don't like anything about you right now, like mm. not even one thing. But I choose you mm-hmm. again. I choose you today, mm-hmm. and I'll choose you tomorrow, and I choose you over and over. Mm-hmm. And so. I, I feel like I could have been more prepared if somebody would have made that parallel because I for so long I mm-hmm. felt like I was doing everything wrong without mm-hmm. that. So that would be what I would say. Adoption is more like marriage than parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because um, you definitely, you know, you guys have talked about the, the phrase new normal. And I feel like that is totally with adoptive parenting. It doesn't always feel like biological parenting and I think we feel we do we feel like we're failing because it doesn't look like we think it's supposed to Mm -hmm. look but um you're so right and choosing to love them in a different way than that just mothering nurturing love all the time we are loving them in the way that Mm -hmm. they need um so I really yeah I like that a lot Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right, Miss Patty. <laughs> or I'm sorry, what is it, Sister Patricia? Yeah. Sister Patricia. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I have so many of the same thoughts that Meg expressed, and I've uh, thought so much of, you know, um, I wish that I'd known this, but also there's no way that I could know this mm-hmm. until I was in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, even when I've reviewed things, like Megan, and I have trained foster parents mm-hmm. and I've, you know, read this material and thought, well, somebody taught me that, but I didn't get it at all <laughs> yeah. until I was in it. So yeah. there are things that I wish I'd known, but I know that I really couldn't have learned them until mm-hmm. I was experience, experiencing mm-hmm. those, um, those things. And one of the things that I've, I came across and I was, you know, reading all these parenting books, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Is um, the the idea that you can see children from, you know, from hard places or with trauma backgrounds as a gift because they're going to bring you to a place where you have to deal with your own trauma mm-hmm. and your own baggage mm-hmm. and you can be free from that and then help them become free mm-hmm. from that as well. And, um, and that's something that has been like really hopeful for me, you know, mm-hmm. is, is I face like things in myself that I don't want to see, like, well, it is coming out and if it can come out of me, I can help <laughs> them, you know, I, therapeutically I can, I can help them, you know, live, live freer and not, you know, not, um, in bondage to this kind of trauma. And I didn't think I even had trauma in my life mm-hmm. until, <laughs> oh, yeah. or, you know, or, or any big problems. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I started parenting, um, some kids from trauma. And also I think something that I wish I'd known also, and I'm sure someone told me this is, um, trauma adoption is always preceded by trauma. Mm-hmm. It, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no case where a, a kid is, you know, comes like with a clean slate or blank slate because either, there's been a broken relationship that wasn't really meant to be, it wasn't designed to be broken. Yeah. So even if it is some sort of a best case scenario and it's all very loving, there's still, there's still the trauma because there's a deep, deep loss there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish I'd known that, but I don't really fault anyone for not telling me that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, people, adoption is beautiful, but something had to be broken first. Mm -hmm. And I think that ignoring that pain only elongates that trauma, only um, keeps it going. And I think that, um, I think that our kids really benefit from us acknowledging it up Mm -hmm. front almost Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, I know that this isn't just like, well, we're your family now and everything's great. Right. right? Mm -hmm. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, as parents of biological kids, we don't really know how selfish we are until we have kids. And I Mm -hmm. think that with parenting adoptive kids, we don't really know how much like we have to work out within ourselves Mm -hmm. until that happens too. So (laughs) God just has awesome ways of refining us. Um, okay, so here I usually ask people what their what their favorite way that their tribe supported them is, but you guys are kind of each other's <laughs> tribe. So my question is, what is your favorite thing about your extended family here? And uh, we're just going to keep going around the circle. So Meg, mm. we'll start with you. Well, I don't want to say it if someone else is going to say it. <laughs> Ditto, you're yeah. Go ahead. Um, but I think we mentioned before, just kind of like whenever we hit this brick wall of like parenting or life is too much or whatever, we all just kind of group text each other and we're like, all right, who's ready for the deck? And so <laughs> we, we kind of just get together and have a glass of wine mm-hmm. on the back deck and like laugh and cry and solve all the problems mm-hmm. um, together. And we just, we call it drinks on the deck. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's kind of like an SOS every once in a while or or sometimes it's just like it's been too long and we, we miss each other. But, um, you know, you have you really do have like built in best friends mm-hmm. and um, and the people that get it. Mm-hmm. And then we can laugh and cry and pray and 
drink. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I would just, yeah, ditto all of that. I mean, I we obviously care about our kiddos mm-hmm. a whole lot. Yeah. But so, a, from a selfish perspective, I have like relationships in my adult life that yeah. I never expected with yeah. these mm-hmm. women. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we've had deep, hard stuff mm-hmm. and just being able to be 100% real with each mm-hmm. other. And it's just something I never expected. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, so rich. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I never expected to be Aunt May May either. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's my favorite too. Just, yes. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but May May started with you guys. Like then it trickled out to my actual oh. <laughs> biological family and extended family. Now everybody oh, really? calls me Aunt May May, uh-huh. but it started here. Like James, right. I think James and Olivia yeah. started May May. Or with, I don't remember because it was like, what do we call you now? Right. You know, like who are you? Right. We don't know. May May. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I think for me, um, definitely these girls are my mm. favorite. And and there's been days. Um, we've we've had a tough road um and there's been days where i've been like you know this has been so hard and and if 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 in the end like if i can just cling to these relationships right mm-hmm. here then all of this is worth it and like before actually the year before we came into adoption i went through this season where three of my best friends had moved away and i didn't know why um i was really kind of at a loss and didn't have any close friends at all and I was praying, God, I, I, I really, okay, I really desire girl friendships. And because I'd never had deep girl friendships before, really. And um, I was praying for that and praying for that. And I had no idea, even when we went into adoption, I had no idea, mm-hmm. like you said, that this would be mm-hmm. what I would mm-hmm. come out with. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, these girls have literally saved my life on occasion. Mm-hmm. And um, there's nothing I would trade for this mm-hmm. at all <laughs> there's something poetic about three people moving away yeah, three people, yeah coming in it's like he planned it yeah almost yeah. it's like he knows That's what he's doing smart, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right patty we talked about how we started getting together in order to get the kids together and i remember the first time that just we went out to lunch and i thought like this is fun like <laughs> we, we don't need the kids <laughs> to get together like this is the beginning of something good here. You know, like yeah. I really, I really like these people and appreciate them. And then, and over time, um, those relationships have just grown so much and I just am like so grateful. And I even think about like friendships that I've had before and people move or whatever, you know, things happen. I just tend to lose track of people and like, well, they were a friend for a while. They're not anymore. And the Lord just built in like permanency here, you know, yeah. like if, if I space out for a while, like they're still here, <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. just rebuild and reconnect and, keep going and I just really am so grateful to have like I just see it you know it's another branch of our our family um and Mm -hmm. I just um I just I can't even imagine you know it anything better (laughs) I'm so grateful even my family that you know my family I grew up with my mom my dad uh my mom calls Patty her daughter now she's like oh you know she's just brought her into the regular family and so um and then I wanted to mention one more thing that is my favorite and we have had sometimes, and really Patty's the one that always calls us to the mat, um, with praying. Mm-hmm. Like she's always the one that, yeah. who brings us together when we're facing something hard. She's like, we need to pray. I mean, we have spent mm-hmm. countless hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember walking around the office <laughs> yes. praying yeah. for our caseworkers, yes. like 
praying for the kids, praying for situations to work out, pleading with the Lord for answers, for parenting mm-hmm. strategies, um, for all kinds of things. I mean, and and I just the the richness that that has brought mm-hmm. to my life, and mm-hmm. and the breakthroughs that it's brought for our kids. Mm-hmm. I can't even you know put into words. Yeah. But prayer has been one of the mm-hmm. things that has held these relationships mm-hmm. together for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think back to those times. That was like some of our earliest days mm-hmm. together, and we were praying over some really hard stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy that we came into that so quickly. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah, like it was, yeah. I remember one of the very first court hearings. Um, somehow I already had Patty's number and some of the other foster parents that had other siblings and we were texting and, and Patty was like, does anybody want to get together and pray before court? And I was like, I like this girl. <laughs> we're we're going to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then ever since, you know, we would get together before every, every court hearing and we would pray on that little picnic table mm-hmm. outside Melbourne <laughs> Ford and we would just pray over mm-hmm everything mm-hmm. bio mom and the kids and the outcome mm-hmm. and everything and we mm-hmm. prayed and prayed and prayed and even to this day you know if somebody needs somebody throws up a sos <laughs> or a code word you know yeah. it's like we know that we're all going to drop what we're doing mm-hmm. like yeah. right there in the car in our house cooking dinner whatever and just pray for each other because sometimes it literally is life and death yeah. <laughs> literally and sometimes for me i i feel like almost like indebted to them all mm-hmm. because the level of love like I can never pay it back. I mean, I can never pay back people who, when I have a hard day, come over and bring their kids and let them sleep on the couch and bring me my favorite meal um, <laughs> and do my dishes or ones who just don't know what to do. And so they just bring me a Slurpee from the easy <laughs> and we laugh on the front porch about it, you know? And She's pointing to Kayla. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That happened. I just knocked on the door one day. Oh. I was like, here's a coolie, a jersey. <laughs> I don't know what else you need. <laughs> you know, and, oh and just being able to, you know like even when you know when when your husband's been gone Mm -hmm. meg you know being able to lean on each other for you know lean on james to Mm -hmm. mow the lawn and like just the leaning on Mm -hmm. each other there's just i don't know my husband's in the army that's Mm -hmm. what she's referring to he's gone a lot (laughs) i'm sorry he's still around (laughs) yes so yes no it's fine it was good that you guys know how to clarify because yeah, yeah. people can't yeah. see us right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted—I didn't plan this, but the things that you guys have said just in this last answer made me curious because I know that for me and several of my adoptive mom friends, we tend to, when, when life just gets to be way too much, we tend to withdraw um, and just kind of feel like this is too much. I don't even know how to talk to anyone. Mm. I don't know that they'll understand. And it sounds, correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys kind of pull each other out of that, mm. right? Like you don't let each other go down. Mm. So talk, talk about that for a second. I mean, we go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, but I right. mean, I remember, yeah. um, I mean, situations where, I mean, Kayla has come to my house and knocked down the door mm-hmm. and said, we're going to talk. <laughs> you are in a dark place and we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we've all done that with yeah, each other for, at yeah. one point or the other because and 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 it's all come down to like the kids bring us together and it's it comes down to like hey we can't go there like cuz mm-hmm. we have these kids and we 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 need to be parents for them and we need to and not just our adoptive kids but all of our kids and i mm-hmm. think that that has been um 
we almost have like a vested interest. We have a vested interest in each other mm-hmm. being successful. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, that, that sounds a little selfish, but it's true. Like I, yeah. I can't have Kayla going down. Because <laughs> I can't take your kids. I, can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need you to parent. Yes. And so one wheel uh, goes out the whole right. car. Is off the I mean, it's for real. We're really our family. We really yeah. do lean on each other. And I, if one of the strings goes, I mean, I feel like all mm-hmm. of us would. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I think too, we, we understand it and we get it. And mm-hmm. those are like very real feelings and they're okay as far as like their reality you know yeah. and it's so it's okay that you're feeling that way or it's okay that this is hard and everything is hard and it's always hard and it never stops being hard and why mm-hmm. is it hard and so I think that like we're able to pull each other out because we're like I'm not going to tell you that you can't feel that way mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you that that's not real because sometimes people when you tell them that things are really hard they're like oh you don't need to feel that way yeah <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna it's get okay better. and super we're cute. gonna be like no that is the worst <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna sit with you in that for a little while and then let's get some help and let's keep moving because mm-hmm. we need you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I mm-hmm. think that helps and it helps me pull out of it um, just personally, just mm-hmm. to be like, no, that's okay. You can feel that way. That's real. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's beautiful. I, like, I, that just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so last question here. Um, and it's, what is your biggest piece of advice or encouragement to families in similar situations? So I want you guys to answer this for the for the moms who maybe they, they have – they know that there are other siblings out there or, you know, mm. maybe they're scared. Maybe it's like, I don't, I don't want to expose my kid to that trauma again, or I don't want to remind mm-hmm. them, or I don't want to be reminded mm-hmm. that our family has been put together and, you know, pasted together from brokenness. Mm. Um, what would you say to those people mm. who don't even know where to start? Mm-hmm. I heard something today. Um, this isn't fully formed, so I apologize, mm-hmm. but I heard something today that therapy is experiencing old hurts with new outcomes. Mm. And I think that this is what this is. This is like group therapy for (laughs) us, but it's also that for the kids. And I think that therapy comes in many, many forms. And so sometimes you have to go back in order to go forward Mm. and you have to experience the old hurts in some form or fashion, whether it's privately and personally, or it's, with a person. You have to experience that. You have to go back and experience that in order to experience a new reality and a new outcome. And so it is super scary, I think. I think about if if you know there's siblings out there somewhere or bio family out there somewhere and you have no idea what they're like, that's a whole lot scarier than what we're doing because we're all together and we're Mm -hmm. handling this together and um, it's not scary. But, but at the same time, like what our kids are having to go through, even inside mm-hmm. our safe homes is still that therapy is still going back in order to go forward. Yeah. And so I think that it's just, it's a part of the healing. It's a part of their DNA. It's a part of who they are. And mm-hmm. so eventually somehow they're going to have to go through it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we've seen, I mean, you know, you guys know that we've had seasons with, with, Mariah, where being around the siblings was very yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. activating for mm-hmm. her trauma. We knew that mm-hmm. we would be paying for it for a long time, for right. days and yeah. days and sometimes weeks every time mm-hmm. she saw one of her siblings. Mm-hmm. And there's even been therapists who said, you know, I'm not sure, you know, like, let's have let's this space break, or yeah. let's take a break. Yeah. And we've done that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done that at times when it was it's necessary. not always super close. Yeah, you no, know, it's it not doesn't have to be. been able to be that way. Because there were, they did have those histories together, some mm-hmm. of them worse than others, mm-hmm. you know, where, where it became 
became problematic at times. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to gloss over any of that. Yeah. Um, that's very real. But we all stuck with it. And, and we can see now, you know, five years later, that mm-hmm. it was definitely worth it because now she's able to have those relationships mm-hmm. and not be, we see very little um, triggered yeah. kind of reactions from when she's around her siblings. And she's able to have what I consider, while like before they might, her her relationships with them might not have been very healthy or normal, but now um, she's able to kind of rewrite, like you said, Mm -hmm. she's able to rewrite those Mm -hmm. relationships and and redo them. um, And Mm -hmm. I think it's been incredibly healing for Mm -hmm. her. I'm not sure she would have been to the level of Mm -hmm. healing she's at without that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. feel like you guys keep, I mean, just pulling those words out of my mouth because as you're talking, I'm just like healing. That just sounds mm-hmm. like healing. And mm-hmm. to pro- to be able to provide that for your kids mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's, an, it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. And, um, but uh, Kayla and Patty, what about you guys? Um, I'll just speak like from the parent side of it, just anyone who's maybe fearful of those relationships. Before we started on this adoption journey, we adopted my other daughter at birth and we have a really close relationship with her biological mother, which was something we didn't know how to handle. And it kind of, it kind of helped me through this navigation Mm -hmm. too, is both situations are messy. They're not perfect. And we don't know how to handle them. And we just said, God, like, we don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things I just kept coming back to is like Jesus specialized in the messy situations and mm-hmm. the hard. Um, and so we just trust him to navigate our steps that way. If ultimately this is what's best for the kiddos mm-hmm. and for redemption and healing and all those things. And we just trust him to navigate our steps in it every single day. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have all the answers about how yeah. it's going to work out. And it's going to look different every day. Just mm-hmm. like we said, sometimes our relationships among the, the siblings have been um, closer than, than they are at mm-hmm. other times. But um, ultimately, I think God navigates that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think it comes down to the fact that it's worth it. It's something mm-hmm. worth doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, even if it's messy and hard, and it, we don't always do it right either. No, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, we definitely mess up. But it's definitely it's something that's worth doing. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it speaks to the children, and it says, you know, who you are and who your connections are they matter Mm. to me. So if you're willing to to seek that out and you may seek it out and find you can't have a close relationship, Mm -hmm. maybe you can't have a relationship at all, but you know, if there's, there's something that you can do to bring some kind of contact or, you know, there's some kind of a connection that speaks to your children that, that this life, this life of yours matters to me. And and if Mm. if we can do this, I want to do this. I'm not scared of, uh, what if you like them better or you want to go here? You mean, kids are going to have conflicting feelings too. And that, and that's okay. And you've got to be ready to kind of navigate, um, through that with kids too, and allow them to feel, feel those things. But, um, but, but I think it's really validating to the kids to say, you know, I, I want this for you. Yeah. So I'm going to take this risk that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and go mm-hmm. out there. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good stuff, ladies. Seriously, that, that I just think it's. I don't know. It's beautiful what you guys are doing, and I know that I've said that multiple times, but I stand by it. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really really cool, and I'm really excited that you guys were willing to do this and sit down mm-hmm. and talk about this. Um, not normal at all relationship (laughs) but one that's really neat to hear about so thank you guys so much thanks for having us us. yeah thank you for listening to the adoptive mom podcast i know this stuff is hard and i hope you found encouragement here remember you are enough and you're doing a great job god wants to be at the center of this journey and he is big enough to redeem all of our mistakes 
Don't forget to check out show notes and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks again for listening.